Dr. Carol Francis Talk Radio Show. Let's make life happen together with authors, scientists, researchers, both inside the box and outside the box of understanding so that you can live a life full of your success, curiosity, enjoyment, happiness, and richness of life in every respect. Let's go beyond our limits and let's help others go beyond their limits as well. Welcome. Well, Phil Carson's going to tell us that no matter what our past used to be, no matter where we've come from, it is now the opportunity for us to move forward in our life. And to quote from his book, a book, How to Live Until You Die, he states very clearly, it doesn't matter what your story was or what your story is, you can start a new story today. So Dr. Phil Carson, welcome so much to the Dr. Carol Francis Show. I am thrilled to have you kicking our butts into optimal gear here with us today. What is... Oh, thank you. Go ahead. I'm going to... I was going to say thank you so much for having me, Dr. Carol. I really appreciate the opportunity to share with your audience today. Oh, well, great. So it's mutual. And I'm going to start us out, Dr. Carson. Why, why should we choose your book off the shelf, off the Amazon, off of your website, How to Live Until You Die, instead of a million other health advice optimizers that are out there. What is so unique about yours? Well, um, my book uh, in particular, Dr. Carroll, it, it gives a lot of uh, practical information. I have stories, personal stories, as well as stories of, of uh, patients I've worked with over the years intertwined uh, throughout my book uh, that uh, people can relate to. <clears throat> and uh, not unlike a lot of health books out there that just give information, uh, I also give practical tips and give mm-hmm. people ideas and ways that they can uh, simply incorporate uh, healthy living into their uh, day-to-day life. And uh, that's uh, that's one thing that I uh, believe sets my book apart from a lot of the others out there is uh, those uh, practical tips and simple tips. And I, I help people understand with my book that it is simple. It's not as hard as people make it out to be uh, the uh, uh, the fact of, uh, of healthy living and that we can live a healthier lives and we can take better care of ourselves. We can implement some things uh, on a day-to-day basis uh, that can uh, literally, you know, change our health, change our lives, change our future. Mm-hmm. And change our energy as well, which of course changes That's our right. lives. You know, you have these an, an acronym called NEWS with a lot of S's at the end of them, four S's at the end, mm-hmm. NEWS. And I think that that is a perfect overview, of course, for your book, which has uh, eight pithy chapters in it. Uh, and people can follow our conversation on how to live until you die.com uh, as a site that can give you a little bit more information in the book and also be able to order it from there as well as a program that has bonuses to it. But that's just to give you a little tickler there, audience, because I'm going to give you a bonus at the end of this program as well. Um, Dr. Carson, would you like to just give us an overview of the NEWS acronym so that people can walk away and say, if I just remember these seven letters and guide my thoughts and actions today based on this, I'm doing pretty well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> well, uh, the the NEWS acronym uh something that came to me um, on one of my um, daily walks uh, that I uh, that I take, and 
it's a um, uh, walk that I do where I, you know, spend time uh, praying, meditating, and those kind of things, as well as getting exercise. And uh, uh, the thought came to me one day about uh, news and things that I teach people because these are uh, these seven things, seven principles here are things that I teach people every day uh, in in my practice and what I do. And uh, so this came to me, and, I, and the thought occurred. You know, this, uh, you know, what I'm teaching is uh, is good news for great health. Um, and uh, I like that. And I, I said, well, this, I can make an acronym of this. So uh, N is for nutrition. E is for exercise. Uh, the W is for water, uh, which people don't drink enough of. Uh, the first S is for sleep, something that people don't often get enough of, uh, and I'm guilty there myself. Uh, and then uh, I added some extra S's. Uh, the first uh, extra S is for supplements, and I teach people about supplements and, and the difference in quality supplements and the, and the junk that's being sold out there. And then uh, the next S is for the soul. Uh, and then the final S is for the spirit, because I believe we are <clears throat> three-part beings. We have a body, soul, and spirit, and for optimal health, we have to uh, take care of all three of those parts of our being. And so that uh, that makes up the NEWS acronym. I think that all of us would be completely excited to know that a pharmacist of ours, like you are a pharmacist, would be able to say, Look at us and say, okay, now here's your body, your mind, and your spirit. Now let's talk about all of these dimensions of who you are and having someone's jaws go down as the pharmacist proceeds to talk about them as a whole person. And that's one of the things that I think is unique about your book is that you do come from a pharmaceutical point of view. And later on in the program, I want to talk about medications as, and, and supplements. But, you know, I'd like to start with sleep. Because Dr. Yeah. Phil Carson, I think that uh, in my practice, I see people who are depressed and anxious and confused and overwhelmed. And one of my key questions is how much are you sleeping and when are you sleeping? Because the quality of sleep is not the same as the length of the sleep. And the length of the sleep is not necessarily the same as the quantity of sleep. So I, I think that in the day when we can all use our devices to measure how deeply we're sleeping or how long we're sleeping, this is really helpful for us to have real guidelines as to why it's important and why it is the right setup for us to sleep well. It addresses everything, our mind, Alzheimer's, our brain function. I could go on and on and very, very keen on this topic. Uh, so, Dr. Carson, walk us into optimal sleeping. All right. Well, uh, as I mentioned, Dr. Carroll, that's something that um, uh, I struggle with myself is uh, is getting – uh, sufficient sleep, getting good quality sleep, uh, and uh, for me, it's more uh, you know sufficient sleep, getting the right number of hours of sleep. And one of the reasons why I struggle with that is because uh, I don't like to sleep. I'm I'm a Type A person. I want to try to do everything I can. I want to get every squeeze everything out of the day that I possibly can. And uh, I I wish we didn't have to sleep, but unfortunately, our bodies are designed. That way we have to have sleep. Our bodies have to uh, regenerate. Uh, cells have to regenerate. Cells have to be repaired. Uh, and, and sleep is uh, provides us with that and gives us opportunity 
uh, for that, and our body's opportunity for that as well. Uh, and you know, our bodies, our brain has to have that rest. Uh, we're designed for rest, and we have to have a certain amount of rest uh, every day. Actually, we should be sleeping away a third of our life, uh, and uh, but um, that's something that uh, I haven't done uh, so well on uh, in past <laughs> years. But uh, I have improved greatly, and, and in writing this book helped me to uh, put things in a better light and, and a better perspective uh, as as how I was you know, treating my own body, my own brain, and not giving it the adequate rest uh, that it needed. So uh, that's an aspect of my life that has improved greatly, uh, you know, since writing uh, writing the book. And it makes a difference. Um, you know, as I said, we, we have to have sleep for regeneration and, and regrowth and repair. And uh, when we don't get adequate sleep, we don't get uh, quality sleep, it affects our overall health, uh, and uh, that's why you know, there's a lot of people suffering today of all kinds of health issues because of sleep. They don't get that uh, quality or quantity of sleep that they should be getting, and I deal with those people on a day-to-day basis, and I'm trying to help those people on a day-to-day basis. And uh, I would say a large percentage of the people that come to me for help, come to me for uh, health consulting, health coaching, uh, are dealing with this. And uh, they're suffering uh, because they're not getting that sleep that they need to get. And it's amazing to me to see the difference in a person's life and and in their health and in their uh, their total well-being uh, their outlook on life, their attitude, uh, the, how they feel about themselves, how they feel about everything, uh, when we're able to get them sleeping again and get them uh, getting that good quality uh, and sleep that they need uh, every night. Um, and, uh, you know, there's uh, so, so many people um, uh, that are suffering uh, and don't know that that's why they have uh, maybe uh, blood pressure issues or maybe blood sugar issues or that the lack of sleep is contributing uh, to to those problems and uh, depression as well. Um, you know, if you don't sleep for very long or, or if you go without sleep for very long, you're going to end up uh, dealing with uh, depression. And I see that with so many, uh, so many people. So uh, it affects our physical health it affects our emotional health our mental health all the way around uh so i can't stress enough uh the importance of getting uh quality sleep i absolutely want to just chime in there with you uh i'm going to speak for just a little bit about some of that and then we're going to go into you know what is the biochemistry of sleep and why do we need to sleep a certain number of hours and maybe a certain time of the day is or night is more optimal in the certain circumstances that you mentioned in your book such as the blue light. But before we get into that, I just want the audience to consider is your focus, your concentration, the clarity, the ability to speak and articulate your ideas and the words and vocabulary is coming to your mind. Are those all as intact as they could be? Are you dealing with the normal stresses of life and the normal pressures of life, but finding yourself to have a high level of frustration and tolerance or inability to be able to manage even just the the merest of uh, requests because it just seems like it overloads you. 
Uh, these are just minor examples of not getting enough quality sleep. And then, at, Doctor, as you say, depression and anxiety are uh, 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 cognitive complications, even along the lines of paranoia and schizophrenia, have definitely mm-hmm. been connected to the lack of quality sleep so that the, the brain is completely messed with. Now, let's get down to even more basically is that your moods are messed with. And moods have yeah. everything to do with the way you feel about yourself. So there's your self-esteem being jarred, but also has everything to do with your relationships, the way you treat your kids, the way you treat your coworkers, or your boss, or your employees, and the person you're married to. It makes everything that you could be optimal in your life with and just lowers your capacity to function so that you don't have this vigor that is fundamental to your inner peace and this vigor that is fundamental to the activities of your day. You don't have your brain. You don't have your heart. You don't have your body, your blood. Nothing is going to function without the biochemicals that are released during sleep, that are navigated during sleep and the repair, as well as your dreams help you process the stress and information of your days. We do know that. So actually, your creativity your capacity to function at a higher and more incredible level in your day, the other 16 hours of your day, is much increased with excellent sleep. So, you know, with all of that pounded in, I could actually go on and on and on and on with this. Uh, With all of that information there, walk us into what the biochemistry is about sleep that is so important. So people realize that they're needing to take care of this laboratory called their body. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, we have sleep cycles, and we go through different uh, cycles through the uh, through the night uh, as as we sleep. Uh, and, you know, classified as uh, – uh, non-REM and REM sleep, which is uh, REM is uh, REM, rapid eye movement uh, sleep, and um, you know uh, what uh, studies say and scientists say is that we you know we should have about about 25% of our sleep should be uh, REM sleep. Uh, this is uh, where our you know our brain and our bodies are repaired and restored, and um, and and because of that. Uh, repair and restoration and uh, regeneration and, and uh, uh, cell health that takes place uh, during that uh, REM cycle, uh, REM cycles that we have at night um, uh, when we're sleeping, and, and the the uh, the body is totally relaxed at that time. Our muscles are turned off, and we're we're truly truly uh, resting. And uh, and because of that, when we wake up. You know, we should feel good. We should be energized. Our bodies should be uh, prepared and ready uh, for the day. Our brains should be prepared uh, and and ready for the day. And and that's what's uh, supposed to be happening. But with so many people, uh, it's it's not. And you mentioned something uh, stress. Uh, and this is what I see, Dr. Carroll, with most people. The reason one of the primary reasons with most of the people that I consult with that they have uh, sleep issues is because of stress in their lives. Stress has disrupted and uh, because of uh, chronic stress, repeated stress over a period of time, it affects 
two little glands in our bodies called adrenal glands. Tiny little glands that uh, sit on top of our kidneys and control all kinds of functions in our body. All kinds of biochemical functions uh, that are uh, controlled day in, day out uh, by these two little glands. And the stress in our lives affects the health of these glands and affects the hormone production and chemical production of these glands. And over a period of time, it begins to affect the sleep. And the the rhythm uh, of hormone production by the adrenal glands gets off. It gets uh, uh, We get out of rhythm. Uh, our bodies are designed to stay in what's called a circadian rhythm, uh, where we're awake during the day and we sleep during the night. And the adrenals work with that rhythm in production of hormones, and one of those is called cortisol. And when our cortisol levels get out of balance, it affects everything, and uh, but but especially our sleep. And what I see with patients all the time is that their cortisol levels are uh, actually the rhythm, the circadian rhythm and cortisol output is is often reversed. When it's supposed to be at its lowest. It's at its highest, and that's at nighttime. And then when it's supposed to be at its highest during early during the day, so often it's at its lowest. It gets reversed. And sometimes it's, it's out of whack in different ways. But uh, for people who suffer from sleep issues, uh, nine times out of ten we, when we do adrenal testing, their cortisol levels are going to be high at night, disrupting their sleep, keeping them from being able to get to sleep, or are keeping them to, uh, from being able to stay asleep. Uh, and sometimes I have patients that are dealing with both. They can't get asleep. They finally get. They finally do after laying there for an hour or two, uh, and they may sleep an hour and wake up again wide awake. Their cortisol is, is not where it's supposed to be at night so they can rest. And uh, so that's some of the biochemical effects there that are happening and one of the major things that is disrupting sleep with people. And, mo- and every patient that I deal with in, in this regard, nobody's ever talked to them about that. Nobody has ever told them, well, you, you know, your cortisol levels may be too high at night or your adrenal rhythm, the circadian rhythm may be off. Nobody's looking at that. And I think it's very important. Uh, you've got a person that's dealing with sleep issues, that should be one of the first things that's looked at is uh, the health of the adrenals. Are they producing cortisol at the right time or are they producing the other hormones uh, that the body needs to stay in the right balance? So uh, uh, that's something I think um, uh, is very important. And, and hopefully if there's people out there listening to your show uh, today that are dealing with sleep issues, this is something they'll look, in, look into and get checked. I think that's wonderful, and I think part of the bonus is that they will be able to contact you, my understanding is, and be able to figure out what to do about the cortisol imbalance or reversal. Uh, is that true? Can they contact you in some way to be able to navigate their work through the complications of that? Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. How yeah, do they, they can contact go to, you? To my website, uh, carsonnatural.com. And uh, uh, all the uh, they have a contact page there on, on my website, and uh, yeah, they're welcome to contact me about that. I, I work with uh, a particular lab that's been doing adrenal testing for thirty something years, 
um, and they, they do a fantastic job, and they have a fantastic staff of doctors uh, that I work with that uh, help me uh, analyze people's reports and give me uh, protocols and ideas to follow uh, dealing with each individual. Wonderful. Okay, everybody, so that's CarsonNatural.com, but we're not letting go of Dr. Carson <laughs> at all. And I would love to continue to talk about sleep and melatonin and growth hormone and, and so forth mm-hmm. and so on. But part of that's in the book, and part of that they're going to get through working with you. And, um, and I do a, an extensive amount of work with people with insomnia, so I completely appreciate the value of what it is you have to offer. But I'm afraid we have to move on to another vitally important topic and that is of water. And I know that that's the W in your news and not the first on your list, but I was really interested in your chapters on water in terms of how quality and quantity and timing of water are significantly impacted, uh, are are impactful on our bodies. So take it away in terms of discussing with us water because we're in a water-crazed society, uh, yet maybe we're putting our bodies through a drought mindlessly. Talk to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, when people uh, consult with me and people come in to see me or or we, uh, you know, we consult uh, via Skype or or over the phone or whatever, um, uh, one of the first things I ask people is, is about water. I ask them, well, how much, how much water are you drinking? And uh, usually the the number one response that I get from people is, well, probably not enough. And when I question them about exactly what they are drinking, they're exactly right, uh, not enough. Uh, and so many people are, are not drinking water. Uh, and it, it blows my mind. I, I've, had, <laughs> I've had numerous patients that drank no water. Uh, they drank everything but water. And uh, you know our bodies are sixty uh, percent, possibly sixty to seventy percent water, depending on our age. Uh, could be you know a little, little more, a little less. And uh, so we have to have water. We we've we can't survive without it. You know we can go without food for a long time, but you can't go very long at all without water, uh, because our body. Uh, is primarily made of water, and we need it. We've got to keep our cells hydrated, and, and the cells need water to keep functioning and, and keep uh, uh, doing the, the jobs that they do throughout our body. So, uh, you know, it, it just uh, puzzles me why people, you know, won't drink water. But I guess uh, probably the number one answer that I get there and asking them, well, why, well, I don't, I don't like the taste of it. Well, that doesn't make a lot of sense because it doesn't really have a taste. But uh, they oh, want yes, something it with it. They, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, it depends on oh, the quality yeah. of your water, where, where you're getting it from. If uh, the water I drink doesn't have a taste, let me put it that okay, way. Okay, there we go. Uh, yeah, because um, uh, if I was drinking the tap water that we have here, oh, yeah, it's got a taste it, and it's got a smell. It's, it's uh, heavily chlorinated. Uh, so. Uh, you know, I, I don't drink it. I can't handle it. But um, uh, anyway, uh, you know, most people are looking for something that has a a sweet taste. That's why people have gotten addicted to sugary drinks and sweet drinks, and that's primarily what they, uh, you know, what they're drinking. And and so that's why they don't like water is because it doesn't give them that 
sweet taste that doesn't shoot their blood sugar <laughs> sugar up uh, uh, like the sugary drinks that uh, that, that they're drinking. But um, we absolutely can't live uh, uh, without water. And what I stress to people is that it's important the kind of water that you're drinking as well, the quality of the water, uh, rather, uh, that you're drinking. So, uh, you know, so many people uh, that do drink bottled water even, they're drinking poor quality bottled water. Uh, they're drinking purified water that, you know, that's, uh, you know, comes from uh, sometimes it's just, city water um, that uh, has been, uh, you know, recirculated through, it's been processed, I mean, it's been uh, filtered, and it, that's, it has no nutritional benefit at all. Water can have a nutritional benefit if it's the right kind of water, and what I encourage people to do is to drink spring water. Um, if they're going to drink bottled water, it needs to be a natural spring water. Most natural spring waters uh, do have some minerals and they're natural minerals that are found within, you know, in, in spring water. So, and our bodies require those minerals uh, as well. And and ideally, that's one of the ways we should be getting minerals is through drinking, you know, good quality water. So, um, it, it's uh, it, it's something that I have seen as a um, major underlying cause. Uh, as well as we talked about sleep, uh, the lack of water is also, and, and, and dehydration is a major underlying uh, cause of a lot of people's health issues. And um, in my book, I, I, I quote Dr. Uh, Batman Jelly, who uh, wrote a book uh, about water and the body's many cries for water uh, years ago. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, he, he caught a lot of flack if, uh, because of things he said about water and the importance of water and, and the connection to dehydration with health issues, a lot of health issues that people are dealing with. But, uh, you know, since he wrote that book years ago, a lot of what he said in that book has been proved out by medical science and by studies. So um, <clears throat> we, all, we we absolutely should be drinking more water, good quality water, and I stress that to people and encourage people uh, every day. And and if you are not a water drinker and you think, well, I just can't drink water, it's like, you know, start. Start somewhere. And that's what I teach people all the time. You've got to start somewhere. Start by, you know, replacing one of your sodas a day with a with a glass of water. Or start by plate, replacing one of your sugary sports drinks uh, with, with a glass of water. Start somewhere and, and get and start working toward getting as much water as you can. And ideally, what what we're supposed to have is half of our body weight in ounces per day. And uh, so, for example, if a person weighs 120 pounds, they need 60 ounces of water uh, a day. Well, that's very you know that's a very helpful guideline. I, I think that. Uh, you know, I I take individuals in classes and conferences that I teach, and I make an electric current and we are able to create light coming from a light bulb or things of that sort because we have a closed circuit without water we really don't have a closed circuit in our brain the ability to Mm -hmm. transmit wonderful neurotransmitters at the very basic level makes it hard for the brain to function you are feeling blurry or confused you're tired you get up you have a nice cold glass of fresh 
fresh whatever water, quality water, maybe with lemon squeezed in, maybe with one of your drops, the water drops that you have that flavor the water well, uh, maybe even with a little bit of vitamin put in there. You drink that water down and you'll be surprised that not only will your muscles feel better, but your brain will suddenly feel clearer. Your colors will come to your eyes more dynamically and you'll be able to go back and think about that complex problem will now seem rather simple because finally your brain is shooting on the right electrical current because you've supplied it with the the necessary water. I know that's a bit simplistic, but it's actual, very practical. Well, more is to be had in his book about water, everybody. So I do want you to grab the book, How to Live Until You Die. And the chapter on water is just one of eight. And so I think I'm going to go on to another chapter. Hmm. I think I'm going to choose the one on soul. Let's talk about okay. that for a moment. What would you like to dive into in terms of people understanding the importance of their soul and maybe let's weave in their spirit to their overall physical well being? Yeah, yeah. Well, <clears throat> this is something that uh, uh, is a touchy subject a lot of times with a lot of people. And uh, but it's something that uh, that I wanted to touch on uh, in my book and wanted to write about and include um, uh, because it's something I have uh, uh, dealt with uh, in my own life uh, is 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 peace of mind and emotional peace um, and uh, and and how we can have that how we can enjoy that in our lives and. Uh, uh, again, we I, I keep mentioning this about underlying causes, underlying problems. You know, the uh, the sleep being one, the water, the lack of water being one. Uh, here we go again with the soul as being an underlying uh, cause of health issues, of physical health issues, not just emotional, but a, but physical uh, as well. Uh, that I have seen with so many people, and I think a lot of people are physically sick today. Because they are soul sick, what I call soul sick, they're emotionally sick, uh, and probably the most uh, prominent underlying root cause of that soul sickness is unforgiveness. And I talk about this, and and I share this with a lot lot of people because I've experienced that in my in my own life because of. Uh, uh, of my upbringing and things that happened to me uh, in my life, and and having to forgive people who hurt me um and there's so many people out there that are uh, living in depression they're living in despair they're living in physical uh with physical ailments uh because of that one thing their unwillingness to uh, forgive uh and restore the soul uh and it's 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 sad to me uh, to see that happening uh, to people, because uh, you know I've, I've been down that road. I know what it feels like, and um, uh, and and to uh, harbor that and and have those feelings of of uh, of anger and and unforgiveness uh, uh, toward people, but um, uh, letting go of it and forgiving uh, can be so so healing. Uh, to the body, to the mind, um, and, and you know, our our soul is our mind. That's our mind, our will, our emotions. That's what makes up our our soul. And um, having <clears throat> um, uh, forgiven 
and and living a life uh, of forgiveness uh, helps me personally. I know to have uh, a much healthier soul uh, and and uh, mind, will, emotions, the, the whole thing. And, um, and as far as physical, I know that it makes a difference in my physical well-being as well. And I've seen it with other people. And I, I know people personally have people in my family who have uh, not forgiven. Uh, and they're living a life of torment. They're living a life of depression. They're living a life of all kinds of physical ailments. And I see it happening to them. And you know, I, I want to say, if you would just forgive. Uh, but... Um, you can't make people do it, and people have to make that uh, uh, to make that choice. Uh, but I, I've seen it happen, you know, to so many people. And I see it happen uh, to so many people, and, and it's a hard thing to address with people to get them to uh, to take a look inside themselves and and, and to see that. But I I, I do want to mention one other thing about this too, uh, uh, Dr. Carroll, and I've experienced this personally myself as well. I'm a forgiving, always been a forgiving uh, uh, person uh, since I learned the value of that and learned that, hey, this is something that if I want to live a healthy life, this is what I've got to do. But I did struggle with one uh, aspect of forgiveness for a long, long time, and um, and that was forgiving myself. Because you know, sometimes we do crazy things. We do, we mess up. We make mistakes, and and we want to beat ourselves up over it. And I'm that kind of person. Uh, and um, you know, uh, one night in one of my prayer and meditation walks, that was revealed to me. It came to me, hey, you've forgiven all these other people, but you haven't forgiven yourself. Hmm. And and wow, that that was. Um, that was revelation to me, and um, and and when I forgave myself, it released me and made me, you know, uh, I, I know it made it an uh, even bigger difference in uh, in my uh, the health of my soul and my physical health as well. Mm-hmm. So, I, I I I've dealt with people um, in my um, uh, health coaching work that have been uh, uh, that same way. So I just wanted to mention that. Yeah, those are both, uh, you know, it's so interesting because that was the biggest topic that I circled over and over again was forgiveness. And I'd love to have an actual real dialogue with you on this because this is something in my 40 years as a psychologist, um, I have traversed with people the uh, entire resurrection of abuse. And this hashtag Me Too is certainly relevant to those aspects of abuse. Mm-hmm. And I have travel this path with people who have been abused, misused, mishandled, uh, rudely treated by parents or relatives or family or coaches or professionals in all sorts of different inappropriate fashions. And there used to be a time, I would say in the 70s, because I've been around a long time, in the 70s, where a lot of the self-help books uh, helping people recover from these things, one of the first things they talked about was forgiving. And I have to tell you, and, I'm, and I want to say this uh, importantly and uh, thoughtfully that mm-hmm. telling people to forgive has been one of the most toxic and poisonous, oppressive, 
repressive uh, instructions that I have seen people uh, navigate because they felt the guilt of not being able to forgive an abuser and they felt that they were the bad one. And once again, their lack of ability to forgive began to be this self-flagellated, I'm inadequate, which was just an extension of their victim consciousness that that was cultivated by the abuser. This is very deep and very important um, that we not just throw around, you know, forgive and forget, forgive, forget, or even just forgive without forgetting, because I think we need to understand forgiveness in an entirely different way. And Mm -hmm. so... What would that different way be? Well, I must, I must tell you that I've just released my book called Inner Peace. Well, it's called Own Your Peace, The Kiss Method of Inner Peaceful Living. And in one of the chapters, I talk about the importance of anger and that the anger is actually, in many cases, destructive. But anger is also constructive and loving because yeah. anger can be all about standing up for self-respect or standing up for the right and the righteous and the just and standing up for what is healing and helpful and loving and having to walk boldly and bravely, courageously into advocating those sorts of uh, things when you're used to being oppressed and repressed or suppressed or put down or whatever way to make you feel little and inadequate and wrong that to feel angry about being treated that way is actually a resurrection of the soul, a resurrection of the spiritual connection, the soulful connection to self-respect and, and, and rightful thinking about the way things should have been and were not. So I know you're ready to dive in here, but I'm going to say that I think forgiveness, as it has been preached out of the out of the pulpit as it has been preached mm-hmm. to victims is actually dangerous. It's like drinking poisonous fracked water. You know, here's water, yeah. but it contains all that poison and toxin in it. What? You're getting water, but you feel gross. So let's really refine what you mean by forgiveness. And I'm going to propose to you something that I yeah. want to see if you can react to. No, it's right. not that we're ready. It's not that we forgive that person. It's that we groom ourselves into a readiness to be able to authentically forgive if that person were to admit fully, completely, heartfeltly that they were wrong and they caused harm and that they were horrible for what they did and they release the victim from their arrogant, narcissistic, self-serving statement, ah, it's all your fault, it's your problem, it's your complication and that forgiveness in that context of I'm ready to forgive but I am angry that I was mistreated or this other person was mistreated and I know my anger is a consequence of love so that this is not a powerless forgiveness which on one level can take that burden off your shoulders and kind of open you up to living the rest of your life I understand that that's an aspect of forgiveness that you seem to experience, but that we're not talking about a forgiveness that lets the other person off the hook or even relinquishes the anger that is really the flip side of the coin of love. Well, that's my decree. (laughs) What do you think? 
Yeah, yeah, I, I understand exactly, you know, uh, uh, what you're saying. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I, I can see that happening, you know, uh, with people and some people that, um, you know, have been hurt so, so deeply, and you're talking about forgiveness, and they're, they're all that deep, deep hurt is there, that deep pain is there, and, and the, the rooted anger uh, is uh, uh, is there. It, it's it's not an easy thing to do, and and um, you know I'm, I, I don't want people to uh, you know to, to think that I'm saying that that it is. It's just something that you simply do. It's not something that you simply do, uh, and and you know you, you've got that that hurt, that pain that's been inflicted upon you, and 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 you know I I, I talk a little bit about this uh, in my book and and yeah. my upbringing and 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 the. Uh, uh, the violent home uh, uh, that I lived in, and, and the way I was uh, uh, treated as uh, as a child, um, and it's it's not an easy thing uh, to do, but I won't, you know, but it can be done, and uh, and and sometimes it does take a process um, that, uh, and it's not just a, a simple snap of the finger thing. Okay, I forgive and move on. Uh, and 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 the forgetting part, you don't ever forget it. I don't think. Um, and and but uh, the memory of things when when you um, don't let them stir things all back over again and get you all um, disturbed uh, uh, again, is, I think is somewhat of a sign that that uh, uh, that, that you have uh, forgiven. <clears throat> but. Um, yeah, I I understand exactly what you're saying, and I and I can see uh, that uh, uh, that happening with people, and and you know we all have different personalities, we all uh, are, are different, and for some people it's easier to forgive than it is for others, and um, and uh, but I think um, the probably with most everything you know the uh, as we begin to uh, take those steps and we you know we we forgive maybe a step at a time we forgive for this we forgive for that it it does get easier and um but um yeah uh, i totally understand so, so can i just uh, say that maybe i think we need a different word other than forgive um, yeah. And I'm thinking that instead, what I hear you imply by your book and by just now just listening to you, that you're so grateful that you've been able to release the grip, the grips that yeah. these experiences and these people have had on your soul, your personality, and your history, that you've released them. Yeah. A little bit like yeah. taking a leech out of your body or a parasite out of your intestine or, or you know, you've released it. It's like, oh, that's such a release. But to me, release is not the same as forgiveness. And, yeah. um, and, and forgiveness is releasing the other person from their culpability. That's right. what, and that I don't think is healthy. You are culpable. The only person that can release you from your culpability is your confession and you're making it right. I yeah. can't forgive you if you're not willing to confess and make it right. But I can release myself from your horrid impact on me. 
And it's this yeah. work of releasing ourselves, which is very different than releasing the perpetrator from their guilt. And I think that in the context of Christianity and understanding forgiveness, God forgives through the blood of Christ would be a Christian uh, point of view. But guess what? God's in a position of power, number one. Number two, that blood of Christ does not come into effect until the sinner says, you know what, I'm a sinner. So, you know, it's like it has to be received because there has to be a confession. So if we just take that as a metaphor moment, I believe that anybody who's been abused, if they elevate themselves into a position of power, like God was in a position of power, they are in a Mm -hmm. sense respecting and loving themselves so that they're releasing themselves from being a victim and moving themselves and being their fullest self. And then in that position of fullest self, they can look at the perpetrator and say, I know how much bigger I am than your evil, your meanness, your cruelty. And I know that had an impact on me. And out of love for myself, I release myself from the impact you're having on me. And in that releasing, now you're saying to the person, your evil, your cruelty is on you. It no longer owns me. I don't forgive you because you have not confessed. You have not made it right. But I do release me. And to me, that's akin to the other metaphor of Christ resurrecting. You know, he released himself from all the sins that he took with himself on the cross and resurrects. And he says, you know, you need to resurrect. Let's move beyond this issue of forgiveness and blood and all that. Let's resurrect. But uh, to me, that's not giving forgiveness. To me, that's releasing and resurrecting your own spirit. And that's where I think this whole issue of forgiveness gets very murky. I thank you for letting me kind of dialogue about you, about this with you. Yeah. So in light of what I just said, what do you think? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, um, yeah, I I agree with that releasing. And and that's basically what I've I've done. I've released, you know. Uh, uh, the you know the the people who uh, have hurt me and and I'm I'm released yeah. from it I'm free I'm free from it I'm free yeah to, because that's what happens to so many people that don't release and they carry that with them it's it's like it's it's it bounds them and keeps them from living their life the other person is going on living their life the perpetrator the person who hurt you the person who abused you or whatever they're still living their life. And you are holding all this stuff inside, holding it against them, holding the thing, the the hurt, the pain inside, and you're not being released from it. And mm-hmm. that's what's causing the sickness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and once you release that, you're you're free, mm-hmm. and and your and your body's free, and your mind's free, you know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, to he, to heal. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, I, I I agree that the releasing yeah. needs 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 to take place. Oh, thank you for letting me reframe that with you. I, I think that I wanted my listeners to consider that, and I'm, I'm glad to have that dialogue with you. Well, more could be yeah. said, but your book also contains such wonderful understanding about supplements and about tests mm-hmm. that people can yeah. do to see what the right supplements are. And I was very enthusiastic, and you do a lot with CoQ10, which on one, a couple of years ago I was very warned against. So you perked my curiosity to think about its importance in my life as a 60-year-old woman. I think it might be even more relevant now than before. And CoQ10 is just one of several, five as I recall, 
where you say these are so good for the vitality of your life. So can you tell us what those five magic things are you mentioned in your book and how we can find out more about adequate supplementing? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Now, you said you were, let me ask you about this. You said you were warned about CoQ10? Yes, I was warned about CoQ10. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's interesting. It that was interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I was working with a congestive heart failure patient years ago and uh, had told him about CoQ10. And uh, I, I've worked with several. Uh, one I talk about in my book, and I share his story uh, in my book that, uh, you know, his life was totally changed uh, by CoQ10. Uh, but I was working with mm-hmm. another congestive heart failure patient, and he said, well, I'm going to talk to my doctor about it. went and talked to his doctor about it, and his doctor said, no, you don't need to take that. He said, it hadn't been studied enough. We don't know enough about it. <laughs> well, you know, CoQ10 is is a vital nutrient. Every cell in our body, you know, has to have CoQ10. It's part of the Krebs cycle. And, um, you know, it, it, it's, uh, it, it's absolutely uh, essential for cell health, for the, uh, you know, the mitochondrial health, uh, for muscle health. Uh, every muscle in our body, you know, requires CoQ10 uh, as part of that Krebs uh, cycle. And I tell people this all the time, what's the most important muscle in your body? And the one that never stops working, and that's your heart muscle. Yeah. And, and that's why CoQ10 has been found to be so effective in helping people with congestive heart failure and uh, helping improve what's called the ejection fraction of, of, of the heart muscle uh, and I've seen it, um, you know, dramatically help improve uh, uh, people uh, that are dealing with uh, congestive heart failure. But uh, yeah, that's that's one of the um, <clears throat> uh, vital supplements that I I take myself, and I recommend people. And everybody does have to take CoQ10. It, it's as we age, our levels of CoQ10 drop off. So, uh, you know, when we get older, uh, taking it as a as a daily supplement can be very helpful. Keep our brain healthier, keep our body healthier, uh, because it's a, it's vital for brain function as well. And, and medical studies show that. But um, it's not something that somebody necessarily has to take. But I do recommend that anybody that's taking a statin drug for cholesterol that they absolutely have to take CoQ10 because their body is being depleted even more of CoQ10 mm-hmm. by, those, yeah. by those statin drugs. Mm-hmm. So that, that's extremely important. But as far as the other supplements that I recommend, uh, a good high-quality food source, and there's the key words mm-hmm. there, food source, mm-hmm. multivitamin. And high quality. There's a, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of multivitamins out there in the market. And as a matter of fact, I got a question over the weekend about this about uh, somebody that had a, uh, their doctor told them, I'll just go to the drugstore and get you a multivitamin. Doesn't matter what kind you get, they're all the same. Well, I used used to be told that too. I was actually taught that in pharmacy school uh, back in in the the 1980s, that vitamins are vitamins are vitamins, doesn't matter, just, you know, whatever. You don't really need them anyway. Well, you know, 50 years ago, you know, some people probably didn't need them. But today we do because of the quality Mm -hmm. of foods that we eat. Mm But the, there's a big, big difference in, in multivitamins. And the food source ones, the ones that are made from food, are the ones that I recommend because our bodies are designed oh. to get our nutrients from food, uh. not from a chemical. So our body recognizes the food source nutrient and utilizes it much better. And uh, the uh, <clears throat> other thing 
is uh, fish oil. I'm a I'm a big proponent of using fish yeah. oil unless you're eating fish, cold water, ocean fish on a regular basis. If you're eating it two to three times a week, then you may not need fish oil. But it it, it has been shown to be very very helpful for a lot of uh, health issues, a lot especially inflammatory uh, issues. And then another I recommend uh, is uh, a probiotic uh, because oh, yeah. we're eating processed foods that destroy our good bacteria in our gut. We're taking medications that destroy the good bacteria. Stress destroys the good bacteria in our in our gut. And uh, we often need to replace those good bacteria. And a probiotic, a good high-quality, uh, broad-spectrum probiotic uh, can do that. Uh, or you need to eat probiotic foods on a regular basis, like uh, fermented you know, foods, um, uh, pro- um uh, kefir, uh, yogurt, sauerkraut, things like that that are fermented. Uh, kombucha tea, uh, one of my favorite fermented uh, <laughs> things oh, you're to, brave, to, uh, <laughs> to enjoy. Um, and then um, uh, we talked about the CoQ10, and, and the last one would be vitamin D. Um, mm-hmm. I see all the time, Dr. Carroll, probably 99% of the people who come to see me, we check their vitamin D levels, and they're low. And and they don't even know it. Nobody's ever checked their vitamin D, uh, and they don't realize uh, the the effect of that and and how important vitamin D is. Vitamin D is is it's called vitamin D, but it's actually like a hormone in our bodies. Works like a hormone, uh, and and it, it's uh, controls so many different <clears throat> functions. Is vitally needed for all kinds of things. Even our mental health uh, is dependent upon uh, vitamin D. So uh, those are uh, uh, the five things uh, that uh, I talk about in my book, the five primary supplements that I think most everybody you know, should be uh, taking or should be getting uh, uh, checked. The, those vitamin D levels need to be checked. You can check CoQ10 levels, especially if you're taking medications that deplete CoQ10. And statin drugs are not the only one. Some of the blood pressure medications will do that as well. Um, but... Um, uh, there are a variety of different ways to check. Uh, we do mm-hmm. DNA testing. Uh, you know, we do um, uh, standard blood testing to check for various levels of, of nutrients uh, in the in the body. So, it's something that people I think need to be more aware of and need to be checking. I just love that. This is, yeah, this is there, and you know, one of the things you didn't mention about why someone should pick up your book versus someone else's is that you are uh, ideally situated as a pharmacist to understand Western medicine and Western Western medical perspectives of the human body, um, as well as you've delved into this nutritional or natural way of doing it as well. So you kind of marry these two together. You're the bridge between the two, which is so vitally important. So it's a consequence. You're probably a rare breed upon this planet, and how yeah. would people? Yeah, how would people say, "Oh, I finally have discovered a person who can integrate this"? How do they contact you and work with you if they live in another location? What What is the procedure of being able to access your approach? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, like we said, go to CarsonNatural.com. They can uh, go to my contact uh, page there uh, and put in their information and uh, and and 
send me uh, that through the contact page on my, on my website, CarsonNatural.com. And I do. I work with people all over the country. I've got uh, clients from from coast to coast and and uh, all in between, uh, even outside the coast. I've got a client in Hawaii, and uh, so um, <clears throat> I work with uh, with people uh, all over the country. And um, this uh, th- this thing about uh, nutrition and about what we were just talking about the supplements and, and everything. Let, let me. Let me share this with everybody uh, before we go, because I, uh, this is one of my virtual mentors. Of course, he, he's passed away, but his his work, his writings, his uh, his supplement company that he started, everything's still uh, vital and, and going strong, uh, Dr. Royal Lee. Uh, and I love this quote, and I love to share it with people because it's so true. He says, one of the biggest tragedies of human civilization is the precedence of chemical therapy over nutrition. Oh, it's agree. a substitution of artificial therapy over nature, of poisons over food, in which we're feeding people poisons, trying to correct the reactions of starvation. And, you know, people are taking medications a lot of times when they should be taking a supplement, when they should be taking a nutrient, when they should be correcting the deficiencies, these starvation that Dr. Lee talks about here, deficiencies in the body, nutrient deficiencies that are causing them to be sick. And you correct those nutrient uh, nutrient deficiencies and you uh, correct the disease sometimes or you correct the, the, the health problem that they're dealing with. So... Uh, just wanted to so point that wonderful. out. Yes, and I wanted to make sure that we that we dealt with the supplements and with what you have to offer along those lines. So, are you saying, Doctor Phil, that if someone signs up for your like ninety day or thirty day or one hour coaching, that you will take them through the right type of uh, testing that they need to do to find out what the deficiencies are or what their style is, and then coach them for for ninety days or once a week or how many co- to coach them through what to do the next progressive time? Or how does this work? Give us a feel for what it means to be hiring you as a coach, a health coach. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Well, uh, you know, we start out with a series of, of questionnaires and, and uh, asking a lot of questions uh, to determine the, exactly what, uh, you know, a person's needs are, what they're looking for, what they want. And uh, and helping them to get to the underlying root cause of what their health problems are. Uh, I'm not about uh, just say, hey, let's just take a supplement, let's try this, let's try that. Well, let's find out why. Let's do some testing, and that's why I like to do the testing. I recommend people get you know the necessary blood testing they need done. We analyze those lab reports. Uh, we use a lot of saliva testing as well. Uh, uh, especially for hormones and for the adrenals that I mentioned uh, earlier, uh, I, the uh, company lab company I work with—that's what they specialize in the saliva testing. They're the originators of saliva testing, so <clears throat> we do uh, a lot of that, a lot of different types of testing. Also, the DNA testing—it's called uh, the new science called nutrigenomics, where it looks at your DNA uh, and gives you specific. Uh, uh, you know, print out, read out of what you need to be doing nutritionally, what you need to be doing fitness-wise, what you may be predisposed for uh, in the future, and recommendations on uh, what you should be doing, what you need to make sure you're including in your diet, what what supplements you need to make sure you're getting uh, to uh, head that off. 
and uh, keep you from going down that path possibly. Uh, so those are uh, important things, and those are things that we give people an opportunity to do if they want to. Uh, all of that is is optional, but uh, you know one of the main things I do in my coaching is is try to help a person find out what the underlying cause is. Why am I sick? What's causing this sickness? Why do I suffer from headaches every day? Uh, why am I not able to sleep? Uh, and and those <clears throat> uh, those kind of things. So we take you know a person through uh, a process. And uh, and work with them, and then you know we find out the underlying causes, and we develop a plan, and we say, okay, here's what you need to do to get back in balance, and it's all about restoring balance. We want to restore people back to the balance of of where they're supposed to be, with whether it be a nutritional deficiency, uh, you know, whether it be uh, uh, dehydration, not enough water, you know, uh, those kind of things. It's all about restoring balance. And the and same thing with sleep, getting back in that proper balance of sleep and, and helping people restore and get things back in the proper balance where uh, uh, they should be, or at least working toward that balance um, in, uh, in every aspect. Uh, of of, uh, of their health, and uh, we do you know that with uh, you know regular coaching sessions. Uh, you know, person can you know can choose you know uh, what level uh, they want to participate on. If it be just a few one-on-one sessions, or if it be uh, you know a full three-month uh, coaching package where we uh, uh, meet every week for an hour, and, and uh, or uh, Six months, if they want to go, we have six-month packages, and we do the same thing. And um, there's different degrees, varying levels that uh, we can work with the person on, depending on, uh, you know, what they want, what their desires are, what their needs are, and um, and, and what level they want to participate on. Oh, I'm absolutely so glad to have discovered you and everybody. Guess what? You can actually get a, a free non-committal 15-minute session with Dr. Phil Carson. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at his website, CarsonNatural.com, and that's one of the bonuses of listening to this program. Is now you've heard the heart of this man, the reality of, of of his knowledge, his compassion, his breadth of resources to be able to assist you through this. So take advantage of what you've just learned and go forward as you optimize your life. His book, How to Live Until You Die, The Seven Keys to Living Happy, Healthy, and Whole, Dr. Phil Carson. But that's just the beginning of what he has to offer you. So uh, my pleasure to have touched base with you. I'm so glad that your people contacted my people. And now as we leave here, uh, Dr. Phil Carson, leave us with something that makes us shift our day so that the day is actually the beginning of, of, All right. of true living. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll, I'll share another quote with you. This is a, a, a quote that I love, and, and it's um, it's by a famous lady. Uh, her name was Eleanor Roosevelt. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Eleanor said one time that in the long run, we shape our lives and we shape ourselves. The process never ends until we die. And the choices we make are ultimately our own responsibility. Mm-hmm. We're responsible for our health. If we want to live a healthier life, it's ultimately up to us. We've got to make the choices. We've got to take the action. So I 
uh, I, I love sharing what Eleanor said. Wow, it's so beautiful. true. Yes. Well, thanks for investing in our well-being, folks. Dr. Phil Carson at CarsonNatural.com. Mm, great resource. His book, How to Live Until yeah. You Die. Thanks for joining us in this conversation. Everybody, go live. I mean, really live. <laughs> what? Why else? What else is there to do? Best to you. Thank you, Dr. Phil. Thank you, everybody. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Pleasure. <laughs>